0: Life can feel like a long series of lessons in humility. Have you been through the uh, airport check-in process lately? You know, uh, this past week we went to General Assembly in Memphis, we flew up, and uh, when I checked in with the agent who was, well, not the agent, but the officer who was checking my my ticket and my a license, he took my license out, let me see your license, they always look so serious, like, let see your license, like I've done something, like he pulled me over to the side of the road for speeding or something, i check your license, he's like. <laughs> and on the third one, I start to sweat, you know, I mean, I'm just like, where are the guys with the guns and the dogs and everything? And then you, you walk around through the, the snake of people, and, and they're they're asking you. You've you've packed your bag, and you're trying to get it all tucked into something, you know, the, the size of a shoebox, you know, because that's what fits in the overhead bin. And then they ask you to take everything out and line it up like train cars in these little bins, and and uh, and and then you know, I, I, heaven forbid, I, I leave an, uh, a, a little Advil in one of those that, that little pocket. You know, in your jeans, you know, I, I, I got patted down for having a little Advil one time, and, and, uh, and, and it was like, you know, they called out the, the, the National Guard or something like that, and, and here's this woman, and she's saying, she's saying you know, you're, she's looking at my belt, and she's saying, don't you might want to consider your belt. And I said, and, and this is a moment where I, I think, you know, these people are going to, this, this whole thing is going to annoy me so much, so what I do is I try to make somebody laugh. And so I, I kind of planned this a little bit. She says, your belt... And I said, uh, she said, you might want to think about taking that off. And I said, yes, along with my dignity. <laughs> it'll, at this point, it'll fit in one of those little Petri dishes that I'm supposed to put my belt in. Life can feel like a, uh, a long series of lessons in humility, can it not? A lot of times we, we think of humility as thinking uh, less of ourselves. I love C.S. Lewis's great uh, definition of Humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. That's not a bad thing to have on your dashboard or on your mirror every morning to remind yourself of that. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. It's a great definition, but this morning I want to look at a different definition. And that that is that humility is not looking down on yourself, but looking up to God. Humility is not looking down on yourself, but looking up to God. Phillips Brooks puts it this way. He says, The true way to be humble is not to stoop until you're smaller than yourself, but to stand at your real height against some higher nature that will show you what the real smallness of your greatness is. We're going to be unpacking that quotation this morning, that idea of humility. David restored Israel's greatness through his humility. God didn't want Israel to have a king. And of course, when they, when they chose a king, they, they chose Saul who stood head and shoulders above everybody else. He, he, you know, he looks like a leader. He looks like a king. David, though, on the other hand, restored Israel's greatness through his humility. He stood at his real height. He didn't look down on himself, but in standing at his real height, he was, he was looking up to God. He, he stood understanding what the real smallness of his greatness was. And as a result, he restored Israel back to God. In restoring them back to God He restored their greatness It's kind of counterintuitive God didn't want Israel to have a king Because God wanted to be Israel's king He gave them a prophet He gave them priests But he wanted to be their king not, not just in terms of the office But in terms of the, the personal relationship with them In a, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, it says, that This is in the scripture from this morning, but it says this: And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people and all they say to you, for they have not rejected you. Samuel was their prophet. They have not rejected you as their prophet, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Why is it so important? That God remain the king of your life? Why is it so important that you stand at your full height but understand what the real smallness of your greatness is? Why is that so important? That you have a king, an authority over your life? St. Augustine put it this way. He said, God has made us for himself and our hearts are restless until they rest in him. And so God, in reinforcing his kingship, his authority in your life, is compassionate because he knows that you're wired to be under his authority. And apart from that, we shrink. Apart from understanding our place in the universe, our place in the universe is a magnificent place of being the sons of a king. We forget that in trying to be our own king. Without that place in the universe, we shrink. And so as I read to you from 1 Samuel 24, this scene where David demonstrates his real humility, recognize that, that this was right in the middle of the story where David was being chased by, by Saul and 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 he was being chased in order to kill him because Saul was jealous of David. David was attractive. David was a musician. David was a poet. David was a warrior. But David had won the hearts of the people because of his humility. And Saul's power was slipping away because of his pride. Pride brought the angels low. Humility can raise us up. From the Word of God, first Samuel 24. And the man of David said to him, Here is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. See, Saul had slipped away to to uh, to the cave, to a cave where David happened to be hiding. You remember the scene? Have you, have you read through these stories, these great old stories from 1 Samuel? Saul had slipped away to the king to heed the call of nature. and uh, And David was in there hiding at the back of the cave with his, with his uh, his band of, wo- of brothers. And after, uh, so so David uh, David had the opportunity to kill Saul. Then David rose stealthily and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And afterward, David's heart struck him because he had cut off the corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men and, uh, with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went his way. Afterward, David also arose and went out of the cave and called after Saul, My Lord and my king! When Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the earth and paid homage. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men who say, Behold, David seeks your harm? Behold, this day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you today into my hand in the cave. And some told me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not put out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See, my Father, see the corner of your robe in my hand. For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you, you may know and see that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I've not sinned against you, though you hunt my life to take it. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me against you. But my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancients say, out of the wicked comes wickedness, but my hand shall not be against you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Holy God, how we thank you for your word and the pictures that it paints for us of the kind of quality of life to which you've called us. We pray that you would bless us now to receive it, not only to our minds to understand it, but to our hearts to draw it in fully and well, and to our hands that we may live it. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. The true way to be humble is not to stoop until you're smaller than yourself, But to stand at your real height against some higher nature that will show you what the real smallness of your greatness is. This morning I want to walk you up three rungs of a ladder of influence that comes from humility. When we humble ourselves, God will raise us up. And David David, in his humility, restored the greatness of Israel. David restored it because he understood the power of standing at his real height, but against the higher authority of his king. And so David understood humility as looking up to God, not looking down on himself, And so in his position, in his production, and in his personal relationships, David didn't look down on himself. David looked up to God. He looked up in his positions. He looked up in his production. And he looked up in his personal relationships. First, David looked up to God in his position, his position. Sometimes you'll have a position. You have a role. You say, Tim, I'm not a leader. I don't aspire to be. And I I don't know what you're talking about with influence. I don't really relate to that. Well, do you? Do you not? You have all kinds of roles. Men, husband, father, worker, friend. Children, you have, you have a role as student, son, brother, sister. We all have different roles and we have influence in those roles. And to be effective in those roles is to understand that, that sometimes we're given a position and we're, we're given that position for a purpose. Sometimes it may be a position, a great position of of stature. But David David didn't see those positions as a thing to be grasped, but he humbled himself. He didn't rely on position alone for his influence. He understood position as an opportunity to serve, not to rule. As an opportunity to serve, not to rule. Because David was always looking up. I remember watching a Good Morning Vietnam, Robin Williams movie, many, many years ago, and I, what stands out to me in that movie is this annoying character of the sergeant who didn't have any respect. You know, he's like the Roddy Dangerfield of of sergeants. You know, he, uh, he he was always telling people how important he was. You know, if you have to tell people how important you are, you're not. Uh, so, so he, <laughs> so. So so he was always telling people to salute him, right? I want some salutes. Y'all give me some salutes. Why don't you guys give, give me some salutes? You know right? Well, it's pretty obvious, right? You have the position, but you don't have the influence. He saw his position as an opportunity to to rule, to Lord here back to the airport yesterday. Uh, you know, people sometimes they get a little bit of power and it goes right to their head, you know I, There was a guy who was telling me where I was supposed to put my phone I kind of, yeah, I kind of felt it that way too, because he was Because <laughs> he was tapping, he was like tap, tap, tapping He was like tap, 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 you put your phone right here, buddy Because I'm in charge of where you put your phone <laughs> I was like, okay, so I did not make that guy laugh But sometimes a little bit of power goes to people's heads. They don't see it as an opportunity to serve. They see it as a place to rule. David. David recognizes. Look in verse 6. Let me read this again. The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put my hand against him, seeing that he is the Lord's anointed. David respected Saul even if only for the office that he held, that can be tough in your life in my life. maybe you maybe you're in a, you, you have somebody over you lording their power over you in a personal way or professional way, or maybe you've been in that position and and your your reaction is is to to, uh, to push back against them Look at what David's doing He kind of turns into the torpedoes He kind of steps towards Saul He, he, he recognizes that, that David stands at his full height But against some higher authority And so as a result He's able to see Saul in light of his office He's able to respect that office And as a result too He leads up I've been in the position many, many times where I've had to lead up. Where the person that was uh, in authority over me, I didn't always agree with them, or respect them, or understand them, or appreciate them. And so I, I often had to learn how to lead up. I had to, I had to, to demonstrate that that I wasn't going to be reduced to these roles. That there was an opportunity to serve in the roles. And so, how about you? Is position, are you waiting to get a position of power? Are you waiting to be the guy? Are you waiting to be in the chair? Are you waiting to be, uh, have the tables turned on the person that's over you in some way? Or do you see position as an opportunity to serve? So David looked up from his position. David looked up in his production. He looked up in his production. So when David was cooking with gas, so to speak, when David was was in the role that he was in, it, he he had great influence because he he had all these people. He was in Ziklag. He was in a place where uh, all the misfits of the region were coming, and and people recognized David's stature as a leader. And so he had he he, he had position, but he also was being productive with it. He was organizing people. He was he was starting to figure out how he could restore order even though his life was in jeopardy. David looked up even when he was productive. And, and, and he did so because he understood that the way he operated, now, now get, this is the point, that, that the way he operated shaped who he was. He didn't just think in terms of the ends, But the means, not just the the goal, but how you get towards that goal. The how you get there shapes who you are. And so how you get there matters. Even in your production, we need to, to look up to God. We need to stand at our full height, but against a higher nature, a higher authority. Because as we go towards our goals, the means by which we get there matter because they shape Who we're becoming. That's that's what's happening here in verse 11. If you look at verse 11 again, it says this. See, my father, see the corner of your robe in my hand. For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you, you may know and see that there's no wrong or treason in my hands. I've not sinned against you though you hunt me to take my life. See, David had the means to make life work for him in that moment. He had the means to put down the king. He had the means to elevate himself. But David understood that the means by which we achieve shapes who we become. Viktor Frankl was a An intellectual, brilliant writer wrote a book called uh, Man's Search for Meaning. He was a Jew who was held captive in Auschwitz And he watched people being sifted between the the, the left line and the right line, not knowing which line to get in would lead to death and which line would lead to life. And in one moment when he was being sifted out, he really felt like he needed to go right and he was being pushed left. And it turned out that the right line was the line that led to the gas chamber and he realized that he needed to stand at his full height against a higher authority to understand how great, how, great, <laughs> how small his greatness was. You see, to be able to be at peace, not, not to be passive. I'm not talking about being passive in your life and in your relationships and in your job and in your striving and in your achievements and in your goals and hopes and dreams. I'm not talking, I'm talking about being passive but I'm talking about having some kind of frame around all of that, a framework of humility that says God is sovereign. God's providence is at work in my life, and I don't have to, I don't have to make life work in ways that, that are beneath my dignity. Do You see? I don't have to try to make work, life work for myself apart from God in order to achieve because the means by which we achieve Shape who we become. David looked up to God even in his productivity, even in his production, even in all the things he was trying to to achieve in his life. He understood that the means shaped him. He looked up to God, he didn't look down on himself. And finally, David looked up to God in his personal relationships. You see how these are rungs of a ladder? You, you may have a position, right? And, and you have a certain credibility in that position. That's the first level, the first rung. All right? You may have a certain pre- credibility because somebody gave you a position or you've inherited a position or you, you've been born into some kind of birth order position or whatever it is that, 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 that you're thinking of in your own life represents the position that you have of influence, That's the first rung. The next next rung are your competencies or your productivity, the things that you can do, right, that that lend credibility to who you are. But then to lead out of personal relationship, that's that's the highest rung of all. It's it's when people follow you or they appreciate you or they they celebrate who you are, they want to be like you because simply... Who you are. Not the position you hold. Not the power that you have. Not the productivity, the things that you can do and your talents. But just simply who you are. Not leading by example either. Don't think of this as example. Oh, this is a good person leading by example. I'm talking about your character, who you are. When you lead, somebody said, uh, what you do, What you are, who you are, is so loud in my ears, I cannot hear what you say. Right? Who you are is so loud in my ears, I cannot hear what you say. Leading out of a sense of... Personal. David looked up to God. He didn't look down on himself. And so, people, when they were around David, when, when David was leading, he was leading out of a sense of his own, the own quality of his relationship with God, his understanding of his place in the universe. David knew his place in the universe. His humility reminded him of his place in the universe. And his, so, he could stand at his, his full height without putting other people down. To be around David, I imagine, was to be invited into a rich fellowship with God. Is that what it's like being around you? Is that what it's like in terms of your roles and your relationship? Do you stand at your full height but under a greater authority so that when you are leading people or engaging with people or serving people, that you're inviting them into fellowship with God? That... That 's how David led. He led with his character. It reminds me of that great scene from uh, uh, from, from Braveheart, William Wallace, William Wallace, you know, over the great Scott who uh, led the people out of his own personal influence versus uh, Robert the Bruce who had position and he had power. And there's this scene where his father is, is, is scheming with his son in order to leverage everything he can to elevate his son and put other people down. And, and here is, is, is Robert the Bruce who's saying this, he's saying to his father, he's realizing he's disillusioned by this, this dark pursuit of power. And he says, when I tell people to do something, people obey me because if they don't, I will starve their children and kick them off of my lands. But people follow Wallace because they believe. I want to believe like that. I want to believe. and See, that's the picture of David. William Wallace leading. Out of a strong sense of belief, a connectedness to his heavenly father, a full statured authority, but under a greater authority, not looking down on himself, but looking up to God. You know, I I discovered many years ago, I was still a student, that if if I was going to have a strong relationship with my father, not my heavenly father, my earthly father, that I had some responsibility in that. A lot of times we think that the person who's over us in authority, the person who is over us, whether it's in the family or whether it's in the workplace or or whether it's in some organization or whether you're serving on a team or playing on a team, we always think, well, the person in charge is the one who has influence. But we, we have influence, whatever position we're in, through our personal relationships. And I realized that with my dad, that I was waiting on him to do it all. I was putting on him the burden of my relationship to him. I was putting on him. I was having expectations for him that were unrealistic. I was I was. I was Disappointed in things that were really, that, that he wasn't fulfilling, that were really my, my responsibility to fulfill. And I realized that as a son, even though I was 30 years younger than my dad, I had some responsibility to make that relationship work. I was 16 years old at the time. And I realized that if I wanted to a strong relationship with my dad that I needed to step up some step into my role step into that position step in in my productivity step in in my personal relationship how about you on the team in your family and your employer wherever you are whatever roles you serve in are you standing at your full height but under a higher authority so that you know how small Your greatness is. Let's pray. Holy God, how we thank you. That you did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but that you humbled yourself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted you and given you the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Lord, we know that we need a king. Help us to lay down our crowns. In Jesus' name, amen.